Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Story Pilgrim. Friends. Yeah, not, not, not like that, friends. No. Now before I carry on, I've got to remember to do all of the the stuff that podcasters do when I, uh, they implore you to please follow, like, comment. It really is important to try and get their message out there. So if you are not following, please follow it on whatever platform that you are. If you would please like it, it would be amazing. And if you can make some comment about it, that would be really appreciated. Now, this episode is a kind of continuation of the last couple of episodes. Like I said, I'm trying to figure this all out. It had been a while since I went for a good walk, and even longer since I played golf. Now, I am very fortunate to have friends all over the globe, and it's hard to keep those friendships alive. Social media and modern communication, that makes it a little bit easier, but it doesn't beat being in the company of friends and family. This episode, I made time for a few of my oldest, closest friends. First of all, I'd like you to meet Lauren. But yeah, I, I, um, when Charlie was at the pageant, I had a Saturday free. Just one Saturday free, just to do whatever I wanted. Nice. And I was like, you know what? That's what I did, I went on a pilgrimage. I mean, that's basically what I did. I did something I couldn't do with the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if Charlie would be able to do the whole thing. I mean, she's a very good walker, Charlie. Yeah. She walks for miles and miles and miles. They said that about you? But um, I walked from Dorking up Leafhill that you saw. Yeah. Over this one. I just beelined over all the hills, just went over and went over picture of one and walked to. Um, essentially Guildford uh-huh. and back there's a lovely church on the hill on the Pilgrim Trail okay just as you're getting towards Guildford it's called St Martin on the Hill uh-huh. and there's you can't access it except for walking right you, you have, have to, to walk to it oh wow okay there's the car parks at the bottom of the hill you know right. okay so you sandy track all the way to the top of this hill okay and um, you can take a horse up there I suppose but it's pretty steep yeah so a lot of people don't go there unless you're on the film route, you know, doing it purposely. But it, the views from it come right up the valley here, all the, you know, the valley with these hills in the background. Yeah. And it just looks beautiful. It's wow. amazing. Wow. And that was my point that I kind of turned around and then walked back across that range over there, the Randmore range. Wow. And it ended up being as it was. So how many miles did you do? Do you know? 35 miles, I think. In a day? day yeah. Wow. Because some of it's jogging, right? Right. So okay. just, but I've got pretty tired, man. Could be a bike coming. Yeah. And we are literally, we're going this way the whole time, you know, if yeah, going yeah. like this. There's, some, there's two people down there. Yeah, we're, we're going to head down that way in a bit. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot. What time? So I started off really early. Like, well, really early. I got there. That's what I do. Yeah. And on my bike, like a bike is great because you get to, I mean, I do 100k in a, you know, in four or five hour kind of nice. period. Yeah. Through these hills on paths like this, man, it's such a good day. Yeah. You explore so much, you see so much you wouldn't ordinarily see. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Isn't it? Like we're on a, I haven't been on this route before. Like I've just found, just found another path. Yeah. That, that you can do. Yeah. 
Following on from my last episode, I just wanted to ask Lauren what does pilgrimage mean to him? Now, I should say I met Lauren through his wife Charlie. Charlie was already a good friend. They're married and they have two gorgeous children. Uh, the children are absolutely going to be making an appearance. We're talking about the pilgrim's way yeah. and stuff. What to you is a pilgrimage? And if you could go anywhere on a pilgrimage, good question. What would it be? Where would it be? Ooh, good question. It's a really good question. I think <clears throat> a pilgrimage is definitely something that's connected to faith. I think whatever that means for anyone. Yeah. Right. Whether it's faith in yourself, like learning about who I, who am I. Yeah. Um, but also faith in something else, mm -hmm. faith in the world, faith in people, right? So I think faith means something different to everyone. And for me, I think faith means it's, it's me and God, and I find God in high places, right? So it'd be somewhere high. Yes, definitely. Perfect recording. Oh, this is, the coach this is the reality of this is <laughs> having a toddler with you on a hike. Yes, well, you know, I'm not uh, free anymore. Art potentially, like prospectively, now, is in a high place for him, and he, you know, I'm not sure if he's having the same experience as I have on the top of the mountain. This is silly. Something to do with about not being free. Whereas I feel free. He's comfortable. Oh, he's knacking out of his brain. That's what that is. He can't even think straight right now. Oh, so I keep going? Yeah. So where would I go? Because the question go, yeah. based on what I just said to you about what might be yeah. in, in nature, yeah. its ability to help you connect with a sort of higher purpose. But yeah. also, for me, that higher purpose is... Uh, it's connected to the life of the Saviour, Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. Who I would regard as a Saviour yeah. figure. Um, so it would have to be, you know, to the Holy Land from here, I think. My yeah. birthplace to there. Yeah. Right? P place of rebirth, I think. is. Um, yeah, so yeah. that's, for me... Have you been there? Be a per no, I haven't yet. And it's, I've kind of saved it. <laughs> he thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> he thinks it's a really silly. Why He's did like, I save it? <laughs> yeah, why are you saving it? Just, just go, just Lauren. Go now. Come on, Daddy. Shouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that laugh he just did is in my head when I consider why I've waited to go. But yeah. No. Well, it's not the question of that, is it? It's the question of just life just gets in the way, doesn't it? Just other things like like this little one. What are you doing? But they don't, they don't get in the way. These are markers of, for me, like, yeah. this is a marker of, like, a, no a, a decision. Yeah. No way. No. Like, there's a moment where you go, no, oh, I'm losing my life to, you know, <laughs> so yeah. I'm now going to be a dad and that's it. You know, you've got to yeah. keep this kid alive until they're a teenager and they can fend for themselves. Yeah. But it becomes much more than that because you suddenly realise, well, I'm... But what am I without these two? 
Do you know what I mean? Like sure. I was okay before. I thought I was doing all right, but now, yeah. in terms of fulfillment, purpose, faith, and all that pilgrimage. I mean, this is a pilgrimage in in and of itself. The, the journeys we've spent in these hills as a family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, solitude. It's joy. It's you know, it's all yeah. those things that you look for that you struggle to find. I'm saying that as I'm saying it, ironically, he's going nuts. <laughs> but it is, isn't it? Because yeah. that's, that's what I'm trying to... Sorry, Charles. Do you want me to take him? What are you doing? He's like laughing cry. It's a laugh cry. Yeah. It's, it's, this is what real insanity looks like at his age. We'll come back to Lauren and Charlie and the kids later. Now I want you to meet Adam. Adam and I went to drama school together. Adam is one of my closest friends. I see a lot of me in him. No matter the distance or time that passes, I know that I can always rely on him and pick up where we left off. Known him for ooh, nearly 18 years now. He lives near the Ridgeway, a beautiful walk and also a certain hill that I am absolutely certain he's made the name up of it. But all that woodland there. Yeah, so the trees and the trees. So the ridgeway, you can start to see it now, but it goes off. That's, yeah, yeah. That's the other side of Wendover. Um, yeah. And Wendover Woods. And then that will eventually go round towards Checkers. On the other side of Paul's Knob. Yeah, well, no, far, that far distance there, yeah. Paul's Knob's this one. Um, I've got to get that. Just got to get, get here, don't Yeah, the other side of Paul's Knob. And then, yeah, over in the distance then, then it goes around towards the, the hill line to Checkers, and then after that you're heading into Oxfordshire, and then you've got eventually Uppington, and Morbid Downs, and all that lot. Well, does Checkers have a lot of land? There's a fair bit of land around it. There's a couple of good hills right by Checkers. Ugh, the name escapes me. Um, and uh, one of them goes right up to the edge of Checkers, this hill. Um, but you can't get quite up onto the crest of it to see into Checkers because halfway up there's a gate and there's video cameras up there. It's really oh, random. Really? You just walk up this field and then you know you're being watched. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you can sort of get up. It's a nice field to walk up to look back over this vale from the other side. Right. Um, it's near a place called Great Kimble, I think, or Little Kimble, which one is. Okay. Um, well, there's some inter- but that's also there's so many interesting names, isn't there? Like was it, is it Gobbleston? Gobble, Gobble coat. Gobble coat. Yeah. Coming through. The funny thing about Gobble coat is that right next to the Gobble coat farm, uh, Gobble coat science, is a farm that farms turkeys. So you might have seen there's a giant um, painted turkey head. Yes, yes. Yeah, that they've got st- like uh, yeah. on board that they've got stuck into a, yeah, a round bale, yeah. Um, but because it, uh, I always think it's because it's like Gobble Gobble, it's like <laughs> yeah, a exactly. turkey noise and it's like, which came first, Gobble Coat, the name, or the or, turkeys? Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, and I've got a mate, Steve, that I grew up with. Well, not, not grew up, like, we not were mates. Not Steve, Steve, another Steve. No, another Steve. Steve How Steve. can you have two Steves? I know, it's funny. Uh, Steve, we call him, um, we used to call him Soft Metal Ballads, Steve. Because that was the kind of, like, rock that he liked, and we are going to, Steve Soft Metal Ballads. So, we all had nicknames, but he was Steve Soft Metal Ballads. Okay. Um, I don't think anyone called him What was yours? Anymore. New Jack, long story, all oh chuckles, yeah, okay. all chuckles, but yeah, that's okay. another long story as well. Um, the other side of it is that because I'm still in the acting business, they get live, um, real-time yeah. experience and information from me. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it works. That's great. It's really good you've got that. 
There you go. You see, so now I'm every time I walk up here, I just think about my A-level geography lessons and you know, yeah, all the sort of ice flow and whatever else that occurs around here. Yeah. All I remember is Oxbow Lakes. Oxbow Lakes, is that? Oxbow Lake. How you get how a river creates an Oxbow Lake. Oh, oh God. No, you've got yeah. I've forgotten that. <laughs> I don't know why. That's the only thing I yeah, really no, I remember. remember. No, I remember. You know. I think of things like fluvial deposits. Like flu not fluvial, fluvial deposits and things like that and scree and Yeah yeah yeah. Um, well what are we seeing here then from your A level geography? Something flowed down here and took all that away. Right, okay. <laughs> fluvial deposits. Ooh, we are getting technical, aren't we? Adam has many pursuits and passions. He, like myself, loves to keep himself busy. He used to love going skiing. So I had to ask him. Do you have a skiing story? I remember being in Cormier, Cormier, Cormier in Italy. No, in my late twenties, early thirties, and um, I went with a a group of blokes, most of which they were all friends from the football team, and I was friends with some of them. Um, more, more than others because I worked with them, but I went as part of the group. And they were, they were like amazing guys, like really, yeah, they liked to crack. Uh -huh. We were in a, it was like nine o'clock at night, and so we'd come off the slopes, and uh, in a lot of places, Cormac included, like, you come off the slopes, you go to a bar for an Afray drink at sort of, I don't know, after or five o'clock, and with your beer, they give you a free pizza. Okay. So we ended up, <laughs> like you know classic Brits we're like oh yeah look, look free food brilliant brilliant yeah and we just like end up staying there forgetting that we're going back to the chalet for dinner later on you know just getting the pizza down because we've got the munchies yeah um, so we went back then I had dinner at the, um, the chalet good by the chalet host went out and went to um, went to the first bar and from that bar we were supposed to be getting picked up to go to a nightclub that was sort of on the outskirts of town we paid for this excursion it was you know, rip the tourists off type thing, basically. It was a crap nightclub. But, so we're all there. We hadn't had much to drink. You know, we'd had a few drinks, but we, you know, we'd, yeah. we'd eaten a lot. So we weren't in that sort of frame of mind. And there's one fella, and oh, God, I'm never going to name him, but um, he's a really nice guy. Quite, quite a big lad. Yeah. Really cool. We're all stood there chatting. And um, he suddenly, he sort of, he looked and he went, oh, uh, his face kind of went a bit ashen. Oh my God, is he all right? What's up? And uh, I mean, this guy's like you know, six foot three, six foot four, big lad. He hadn't drunk much. And I what's up with him? And he went, oh, I think, uh, I think I've just shit myself. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> How did you shit yourself? Like sloshed, yeah. He just and I don't know what had happened. He'd eaten something or whatever, and he just stood there and he went, oh, "What are we gonna do?" Right. So he went into the, like he obviously couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't walk out and go to the chalet because his cats were full of cats, like cats full of cats. So um, he went into the little. I remember it's just like a cubicle toilet, and he went in there. And he was in there sort of ten minutes or so, and we didn't tell all the lads. It's just a couple of us that heard right. him say it, and we're going, like, "What was he doing?" He came back out and he went, "Yeah, I'm." Uh, Gotta go back to the chalet. 
fresh clothes on. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, you coming back? Yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, he did. He went back and he came and we, we carried on the night. Turns out, whilst he was in the toilet, he didn't know what to do. So he took his pants off, lifted the cistern off, and stuck his, his pants in the cistern. Oh god! <laughs> in panic, and left him there. Just so, left him in there. Yeah. So when they had a plumbing incident at some point, and when obviously they realised the um, bore cock wouldn't float or whatever it is, they're going to find his pair pants. of soil pants. Oh my god! <laughs> that's got, so it's not really a skiing story. It's <laughs> more of a holiday so, story. But uh, yeah. Wow. So that's that was hilarious. Yeah. That should never be talked about, really. Stories that should never be talked about. Uh, of course, that's absolutely fit for this podcast. We are a story program, after all. Meanwhile, back with Lauren and Charlie, it was time for a change of who was carrying the baby. I will be perfectly obedient. It's a good way. My dad did it. It's heavy. He's got heavier. I'm squashing him. He was very small then. Yeah, once a week. Same spot. No, I now go I go with a group. Um, I still sometimes go to Hampton Court as well, but found I'm really enjoying the social side of it. Nice. So they're called the Teddington Blue Tits, and they're a real mixed group of people okay. in like the best ways, like you know, people from all sorts of backgrounds yeah. of life. And um, the group's now got quite a few hundred people on, so it's like, right, anyone want to swim 7 a.m. tomorrow? Oh, really? Yeah, I know. And then, like, you'll get four people join you or something. And oh, that's cool. I went for a sunrise swim with the summer solstice. Oh, at like 4.30 a.m. we met, and there was about 30 of us. It was oh. epic. It was wow. amazing. Wow. That one's still. So you're going to make a... See, this is already a loop. Do you oh, go dipping in, in um, Brighton during throughout the year? Not really. You should do it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. He's like brave the cold. <laughs> Honestly, you get real big, like, adrenaline rush from mm-hmm. doing it, and the endorphins are ridiculous. Unless you have a heart attack, of course. They're not so good. Yeah, fair enough, yeah, yeah, and you've got to feel safe. Yeah. You can just take your waist and then dip. Yeah. <laughs> put a little head on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you've got to get it. Apparently, you've got to get the water. There's a bit on the back of your neck. Uh, yeah, the top of the smile, the top of the back. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think that's, if you get, the, if the cold water's on that bit of you, for a certain period of time, like, I, don't know, I think it's seven minutes, like, that's what really well, it really is. Well, depends on the temperature. Oh, really? Sometimes you can't stay in it. Well, yeah. That's what I love about Charlie. She comes across initially as being quite conventional, quite shy, but there is an adventurous, spontaneous side that I know she is always challenging herself. I love her for that. Adam. I've known Adam, like I said, for over 18 years. But there are still some things, basic things, that I don't know about him. So where did the acting come in then? How did that come about? So I started acting at junior school. I think I, my first thing I did, I was nine or ten. And we did like little nativities and school shows, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. played Father Christmas and whatever it was at the end, you know, in the school thing for a little primary school. Yeah. And then um, at ten, they did uh, Christmas Carol. And I played um, Marley. 
And okay. I remember a little 10 year old lad having <coughs> a, um, uh, my mum tied a, a white handkerchief like, you know, sort of around my head as though I had the rotten mm-hmm. teeth and, mm-hmm. and uh, they put chains on me from my, uh, a mate of mine, uh, Rich, uh, his parents were farmers and they gave my dad a massive tractor chain which they hung around me. It was so heavy I could hardly walk with it on. And, um, and then I just remember like the old Scrooge, Scrooge, clunk, clunk, clunk. And I loved that so much. Yeah. Um, so I joined a local uh, like dance college, not because, not dance college, like um, dancing school, not because I wanted to learn to dance, but because they had an agency and I wanted to try and get on telly, do acting some like, right. acting, like adverts and things like that. And that was the only way to do it back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the start of it. Okay. Yeah, that was the start of it. Um, and from there, yeah, from there I got up to, to sort of comprehensive school and there was a lot of stuff going on, extracurricular, nothing really, like drama classes were never really no. of any use no. at school. But the extracurricular stuff was quite good and you could audition for that and, and it was um, across the years. Right. Across all years at school, uh, they put a production on because it was you know, after school and it was run by a maths teacher who was a, a really good MD and a couple of others. And so I did it and I think we did a few like variety things and in the second year, my second year at school, I played the lead in the school play, like that, that kind of extracurricular play. Okay. Um, and then did a few more, did a community drama thing, auditioned for that in Swindon and ended up playing Adrian Mole for a few weeks at the Wyvern. Okay. Um, when I was 14 and then did loads of stuff but I'd also already auditioned through this dance school for I, I auditioned for um, Sound of Music at Bristol Hippodrome to play one of the kids okay. when I was 10 that was my first ever real audition Yeah. and I got down to the last six out of like 250 kids on stage and I had no singing experience really at that point Okay. so that's when I started singing more um, yeah. and it turned out I had a, you know, a, a useful singing voice which was great Yeah. and I enjoyed singing uh, and it went from there really, but I did loads of sort of semi-pro sort of shows yeah. with pro teachers but amateur actors. And it wasn't until I took a year off to set up a record label, so I left my job when I was 26 or so after my dad died. I, took, I thought I'll sod this, took a year, took voluntary redundancy, set up a record label, did a couple of shows which were sort of semi-pro type thing. And the people were in it were like, you're good enough to go to drama school. And I was like, what's drama school? <laughs> I just right. didn't know. That's what happens when you grow up in a small village in Wiltshire. No one tells you anything. Yeah. And, yeah. and you don't also, you also don't find out how to access that information. You just don't know. And the no. internet was alive. Yeah. Finally, by then, and yeah, I found out. Auditioned for a few schools. Got into Bristol. And the rest is where I wanted to be. And yeah, and that was that. Wow. So it was always there then. It was always the yeah, acting I'd, was always. I think I got my ten thousand hours in by the time I was like. 17, probably 18. Yeah, yeah, I've done so yeah. much stuff. Done all the stuff. And always ended up playing the lead and stuff because there were never many boys in the show. So I played like Bugsy Malone or, right. or whatever it was. So yeah, I got all the hours in. Wow. Do you have much uh, like m- memorabilia from all of that? Um, a fair bit. I've, I've got like posters and programs and I've got all the newspaper clippings because when my mum died, that is awesome. Look at that. He's, that's remote control. That's a remote control mower. It's huge, though. It's a bucket. It's like a... Yeah. Some caterpillar tracks. 
But he can sit on it, can he? Yeah, he's got a seat. Yeah. Is he not doing it just because it's so steep? It's too dangerous, probably. Yeah. He'll probably flip back. Yeah. Wow. I've never seen that before. No. I bet, he, I bet he's having a right laugh with that. He's having the right fun doing that. It's a strimmer, basically. Oh, he's doing that to But is that petrol? Diesel, probably. It'll be diesel. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. He's obviously brought it up on the back of that. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, I've got, like, quite a lot, because when my mum died, I inherited everything. And, um, yeah. And books and books and books, uh, folders of newspaper clippings and everything, like, you know, mums do. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I'm, I find it very hard to get rid of any of that stuff, so I've got it all. No, of course. Um, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. 18 years of friendship, and I'm only just starting to get to hear these stories. It's great. Walking in nature not only helps to open up a person, but also uh, makes the whole experience a little bit more real, a little bit more visceral. Walking in nature with Charlie and Lauren and the children also opened up conversations that we might not necessarily have had. It's always fun to see what they do to create fun. Yeah. It fascinates me like... I have very few recollections of my childhood. Yeah, I know, I'm the same. So, but like, like all of this that's happening now. Yeah. Nothing. Five, I don't 10, know. 15 years, they're not going to remember any of it. I know. They'll remember, oh yeah, we used to go on walks with mum and dad. Yeah. Up in these areas, but the actual stuff like, like that. Yeah. It's a, but, and I'm like, well, what is that? Is it, does our mind become too full? Is, is life is so harrowing at this age that our brain naturally just like, forgets all of it? <laughs> oh, it's like... It's, like, it's weird, isn't it? It's like if something drastic happened, yeah, probably, you know, your mind's going to go, oh, I need to remember that because that was really bad and I don't want it yeah, to happen. That's right, yeah. But the other stuff, it goes, yeah, it's not really that significant. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that is. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I um, I think it's to do with like the fact that you and me are incredibly intelligent. We push all that memory out. There's other information. <laughs> yeah. That was his. Yeah. That's what I tell myself. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been. Well, then, but then you could say, well, if you are incredibly intelligent, then you should be able to remember it. You'd be able to recall it, wouldn't you? Yeah. You just like go back into that filing cabinet. So the thing I said is the it's actually the opposite. I'm so thick I can't remember. <laughs> can't remember anything. Rubbish. No. I don't like your theory. No. No. I like well, my theory. Yeah, I think yours is much better. better. Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, you you like like I've always said like I feel we don't earn much as actors a lot of the time. No. no. But what we what we get is a life where we get to do other things. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to take advantage of those things that make up for it for not you know not earning much. But that's it. I I would never. Yeah, I would never want to go back to a, uh, a nine to five desk job. It never. It, it wasn't me. It didn't suit me. And um, yeah, it didn't suit the way I work. So well, that's, that's the thing. I 
I had two wonderful days walking with friends that I need to spend more time with. Gaining the introspective of others, especially those who are close to you, is invaluable. You can't really put a price tag on that. Again, connection. Building those connections with those you love whilst walking in nature. That's what life's all about. Well, it, it is to me. And that's all that matters, isn't it? To me. The Story Pilgrim was written and produced by Darren Hill. Original music written and performed by the amazing Anya Baca. Please follow this podcast to get the new episodes as soon as they're published. Please like, rate, comment and share with those that you love. And maybe those that you are not so keen on as well. Maybe it will soften their heart. For more information, go to www.thestorypilgrim.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook and X. Until the next time, buen camino and keep listening.